Hi friends, I'm here. Just a quick word before we dive in. This podcast is still not clean, so protect your ears if you must. Otherwise, we'll see you in there. Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. I'm Nick, and the movie Parasite was based on my life. I'm Julie. And she is the happy homie host that I've latched on to. And today we're going to be talking about Shrill. Bulbas. The Goop Laboratory. Yes, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, Meet the Queen, season 12. Got it. Who's your favorite? We'll find out. <gasps> Serena Williams, because I simply cannot be tamed. Um, and then we're going to talk about what we're going to do all together. So we're going to watch some things together and do some things together. Fully clothed, of course. And we want, first of all, that was never something I agreed to. And we want you to give us suggestions, advice, and guidance most of all. Enjoy our podcast. And the podcast goes here. And the podcast goes here. Goes here. <laughs> and the podcast starts now. I do just want to tell my story now that it's being recorded from the potluck. Hit it. It's another adventure in Nick attempting to adult. It's a potluck, so you have to bring food. I have no cooking capacity or ability to, like, do that um, outside of a commercial kitchen when I have all the supplies I need. So I lift myself up to Kroger, and I feel way too proud of myself for getting there, first of all. And then immediately I see, like, easy cooking, and I'm like, done. And I see a bunch of ribs, and I'm like, beautiful. So I buy three packages of ribs. I get home, and I have to ask my dad, how do I heat this up? (laughs) And so he's, like, turning on the oven to 250, warming it up before I'm going to this party as a 28-year-old that my father drove me to. (laughs) And he's, like, looking around for any sort of container that we can use for it, and we settle on this giant ornate ornate terrine for soup. (laughs) And so I come in... (laughs) Side note, for the future, Kroger has, like, pre-made food as good as every restaurant. You can just, like, pick up a bunch of cookies. It was already made. I just had to heat it up, obviously, because they were cooled. It was on hot and ready out the kitchen. The meat would dry out. How did you get from Kroger back to your house? I lifted. I paid about $40 just on transport fees. <laughs> and then 35 on the white claw and ribs. Julie, do you wanna do you wanna hit us over with some hot and steamy takes? Hot takes, sure. Um, let's see. So I spent um, the weekend um, doing my favorite thing, watching television, and Shrill, the second season, dropped on Hulu. Have you seen Shrill? I have seen the first season. Okay. Yes. So you know the story, and it's Aidy Bryant from Saturday Night Live, and she's a full-figured size gal who's enjoying her life, but dating a total loser, but then sort of helps him fix it, and then she starts writing her experience at this terrible uh, magazine that she works for with uh, John Cameron Mitchell, Mitchell. and she finally quits, right? So we open up, I'm going to, spoiler alert, spoil (laughs) season two, so if you haven't watched it, fast forward. Um, So she's quit the job, she's still got the boyfriend, she has an awesome roommate. So over this season, she like freaks out, and eventually is drunk and begs and gets her job back, and takes gets her job back and stays with the boyfriend who gets fired from his job, but then ends up getting a job with her as like a delivery person. But he's never like good enough, right? He just, he doesn't get it. He just wants to like have sex in the office. And then they do have sex in the office. And she's like, well, throw the condom away outside because there's nosy Nellies and everyone will find out. Blah, 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 blah. 
And um, so then, of course, he tells someone, and then everyone finds out that <laughs> they've had sex. And now there's an HR meeting, and everyone has to discuss it. It's totally awful and embarrassing. Um, Frank is beside Frank himself is so with sad. emotion. Um, anyway, I won't recap the whole season. But in, like, the seventh season, she is back working at the paper. She gets to go on assignment, and she goes to a women's conference. Um, Waham. Women are having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> did they serve ham, or did they serve ribs? Neither. I mean, okay. these are not women who eat, right? So everyone is uber thin. Everyone is uber white. You walk in, there's screens of, like, a Gwyneth Paltrow wannabe giving you self-help advice about women having candles. a moment. What's that? And vagina candles? Well, better than vagina candles, handcrafted, handmade marble dildos. Because sure. who doesn't just want, like, a freezing cold marble dildo? That sounds great. In me. your area. So she goes there and she has, like, you know, any thinking person's normal reaction to this is a bunch of hoo-ha and total shit. And it's supposed to make women feel empowered and all it really does is make you feel like shit. And you have to have a million dollars or you can't do any of these things, right? So then she has, uh, oh, I can't remember what she calls it, chub rub. Uh, do you know what that is? I mean, probably not in the context <laughs> of what you're speaking, but I am familiar with something similar, euphemistically. So in the bigger girl community, myself part of, when you're wearing a skirt and you don't wear shorts, your inner thighs rub together. And by the end of a day, it can be debilitatingly painful. Yeah. So like a day around Kings Island is now a torture chamber of just pain. So she realizes she was too drunk to get her shorts on, and so she goes in the bathroom and meets these women who all really like each other and say, like, this is actually great for us. We, like, come, we network together, and it's amazing. Like, yeah, this is all kind of nonsense, but we really are having this moment together. So now she's in this moment of conflict, which leads me to my next hot take. But then her lesbian roommate, who I just love, just love, 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 um, she has a whole fallout with her girlfriend. She decides to date herself, and then they go to her cousin's wedding so the lesbian roommate's cousin's wedding and she has this whole thing with her family it's be it's really beautiful and they find hats on the way that say wine dine in 69 so they of course show up three hours late with these hats on which i could totally see yesterday 69ing that's my dream no no wearing gas station hats that say wine dine in 69 on them all right well we'll play it by ear honestly as our relationship continues to evolve we'll see what path we go down well they won't they it's the story of the podcast are julie and nick gonna cook up the answer is won't they they will not um you will do anything for a table at the restaurant where i work let's be honest so and I'm doing this podcast just for that reason. I know, right? Honestly, it's just like, I have a propensity to just be like, I'm just going to talk about all of this because who's going to hear it? Someone in Denmark? And, uh, hi, Denmark. Hi, Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> we hope we didn't lose you. Kiki Burton's, am I right? Another shameful plug and pander. Who lost, by the way? So that was all Aww. for fucking not. Also, my hot take was just mentioning her name and not being like, she's going to win the Australian Open. Um, so then I was like, Retroactively, I'm going to say she's won the Australian Open, but she did that. Also, Is it soon over? last. No, we're midway through, but oh, like okay. it's over for a lot of the stars. <laughs> um, but not Serena, I'm guessing. Serena lost, yeah. <gasps> I know. Hot take, Emma. Hot take. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> Let's discuss the future of Serena Williams. So, honestly, and John McEnroe said something that like made me support him a little bit. He's always been contentious. I don't know, his voice has always bothered me. I've got a little misophonia. That can be my one of two medical <laughs> mentions stifling me. Um, where just like certain sounds really like piss me off and make me anxious, much like Frank is right now. And that's the sound I admit when I'm just like, ooh, I'm overwhelmed and uh, overstimulated. 
And I don't know, his speaking voice just is always like super pretentious and annoying to me. But he was just like hearkening back to Margaret Court. Like Serena needs to win two more Grand Slams, so we leave Margaret Court in the past where she belongs, because she does. She's an antiquated person whose records don't even matter and is full of hate and vitriol. So like, <laughs> literally good night. But I don't know that Serena Williams is going to win another Grand Slam. She is at, yeah, hot take. Hot take. And this pains me to say it because she's the greatest of all time. Um, but I just don't know that she's going to win another one. She made two finals last year, and she was blown out by people that she would have beaten typically. This time, she lost in the third round against someone that she beat 6-love, six 6-1 six at the U.S. Open, and then the very next major. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like she's Serena Williams, but she's also 38. And for an athlete, that is, you know, the upper echelon. And you have, like, Coco Goff, by comparison, who's 15 years old, and tennis has always had a lot of phenoms that are young and teenagers. And it just feels like, how much longer can she survive on her unparalleled competitive fight? And when is it going to start slipping? So, I don't know. I desperately want her to win. Well, with fans like you in her corner. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a realist, okay? I, um, I just don't know. I feel like... It doesn't feel as much of a sure thing as it did before, where it was just like, as long as she keeps competing, she's going to keep winning. And now it just feels like she's got this chip on her shoulder and she's got, that's not what I mean. She's got this mental block. That's the one. I was like, there's a chip and a block, whatever. We're all making scurvy. (laughs) (laughs) What was I trying to say? Dip. Dip and scurvy. My neurons got, got a little crossed there. Um... So Serena Williams. <laughs> so Serena Williams. It just feels like it's less of a sure thing right now. And I'm concerned that she's not going to get up to this record that doesn't super matter. But she lost in the third round in a way that she would usually come through that match. Like, she wasn't playing her best, but she managed to win the second set. And I was like, cool, vintage Serena. She's going to win this easily. And then she didn't, and then she lost. And now it's just like, questions persist. I'm rooting for you, Serena. I think you'll do it. I'm rooting for her, too. You just said I don't think she's going to do it. I don't, like... Rooting does not have to be based in logic or reason. That's true. I very much care about her. She's my <laughs> closest friend. <laughs> well, after the comments you made earlier, maybe. Um, the best friends you can have are the ones who tell it to you straight. And so I'm telling you, Serena, like, I don't know, girl. I don't know. <laughs> but it just seems more unlikely. Watch her win the French Open in, like, three months. And then we'll be here again. And it'll be like, I knew it the entire time. I knew you could do it, man. <laughs> Um, but that's my, uh, that's my hot take. What's your hot take? I feel like you got a take two. Second take. Oh, I kind of do. You're right. So, <laughs> you I mean, it could have been my takes. gay take, because it's Gwyneth Paltrow, but... <laughs> so, the Waham episode, women are having a moment yeah. from Shrill 2, took me down a path I promised myself I would not go, which is the goop on Netflix. So, I like, once again, most thinking women loathe Gwyneth Paltrow for no apparent reason, other than... She makes life look really easy with her bazillion dollars, and she's thin and gorgeous and married and uncoupling and whatever, and she and her husband are perfect, and they can just do whatever. Blah, 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 blah. So they put out a six-part series on Netflix where they're going to do, like, different kinds of healing. I'm actually a seeker. I'm into healing. I'm into different ideas. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to totally watch this goop. I can't wait. I'm going to do it with an open mind, an open heart, what have you. Although, A.D. Bryant is still living in my brain saying, yes, you can have peace, tranquility, and all those things as long as you're a millionaire, right? So that's the point of this podcast. having a moment. Yes. So <laughs> to get you there. There's six different episodes, and the first one they do medicinal healing with um, psychedelics. 
And so the reason they say people have a bad trip is because of um, their setting, their mindset, and the dosage, right? So now there's all these real studies with real PhDs and everybody. So they take them down to Jamaica, a couple of the Goop staffers, and everyone refers to Goop as if it's a person. Like, since I've been with Goop, or Goop said I could do this, or Goop told me I could go there. Like, She's like the Goop. Kabbalah monster. Yeah, it's not going it though. They're actually, they treat her like a real person, and it, it humanizes her greatly. So they go and they take mushrooms with guides who are therapists down in Jamaica. So it's serious, right? Like, there's one girl who just wants to feel more at home in herself. There's a gay man whose father abandoned him and he always wanted, you know, male love. And then there's a woman who really identified most with her dad out of anyone in their family and then he killed himself five years ago. So it's like serious and sad and we're in Jamaica and it's paradise. And of course, as soon as the gay guy starts crying, he's like, where's Adrian? I really liked his energy. I'm like, oh really? You want the hot guy to hold you? <laughs> not the hot guy to hold you? <laughs> so of course, my cynical brain is like on fire, like zoom, zoom. But they all had like awesome feelings about it, right? So they were super excited. Great. Let's keep going. Where's What's our next Goop adventure, right? Um, so they do energetic healing. It's not Reiki. It's sort of like next level energy healing. The people's eyes are closed. His hands are off of their body. You see him like take his finger and point energy in their back and you see their back undulate. So you're like, oh. But while he talked to Gwyneth, he sat mansplaining like dick out and it was just like, put it away. Like, I don't want to go see I her. will say, Gwyneth Paltrow has massive big dick energy. Like, she radiates that. So I think she could go toe-to-toe. Well, during this time, she's talking, and she's like, I'm really tired from fasting. And you're like, oh, are you fasting, Gwyneth? <laughs> but then you find out that one of the healing modalities they've done is a food um, intermittent fasting and just different ways of that your biological age and your um, internal age are different, metabolic age, and that there are different ways of eating that can make you younger. And it turned out that the fasting, of course, made you the youngest and blah, blah, blah. So then one of them we get to is sexual health, which is not not a problem for me who never takes off my clothes even to shower. I like that you've pointedly pointed at me twice so far. When <laughs> you mentioned health. that there was a gay man and I felt the Reiki radiation of your pandering gesture. That, I and then sexual. That would be three times. So it well, My back undulated in other parts of me as well. So... So it's sexual women's health, right? And so you're following along. There's this amazing woman who... Frank is upset about who teaches women how to like, oh, you know, just what you're picturing. Let's all get naked, sit in a circle, look at our Yonis. vulvas. No, yonius, and then you insert. Into your, okay. Right. Yes, it's a little egg. But so she says vagina just is the birth canal. Vulva is what we're actually talking about. And that, you know, every woman should spend time looking at their vulva. So flash to a room of women I didn't plan on seeing naked, sitting around possibly looking at their vulvas, but there's only top-ups, so you can't see it. And I'm like, okay, fine. So they're talking about vulvas and how they're all different and beautiful, and bam, six vulvas in a row on screen. And I'm like, ah! I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Did there they was like no a- warning. No, there was no, like, graphic content trigger warning, anything. But was there, like a, was there, like, a sex education moment where everyone stood up and was like, that's my vagina. That's <laughs> my vagina. It is like a beautiful I am Spartacus moment. It wasn't. It was terrifying. It's living in like my third eye right now. Like every time I close my eyes, I see vulva. I didn't, I didn't, I know. I didn't want to see it, Frank. I can't be unseen. It's like one of those things that I've seen and they can't be unseen. Then they show a one-on-one session of this woman coaching her assistant to having an orgasm. I'm like, well, they're certainly not going to, oh yeah, they're going to show that. Oh my goodness. Like I had more of a sex education in the 22 minute goop episode that I've had in my entire life. Which is what we deserve. Interestingly, I do have a, I do have insight into this. Oh, and your sexual women's health? And my sexual women's health. Well, 
my um, last girlfriend, hopefully ever, <laughs> that I dated in college, she thought all vaginas looked the same and that they were identical to each other. And I literally had to pull up a graph at the job that clearly I wasn't good at because I was like pulling up vagina charts midway through it. And I was just like, look at the way all of the vulvas can like appear. This is the mosaic of the minge. And <laughs> let's see, look, look at it. This one's all flappy and this one kind of looks like the predator monster. And then, but they're all beautiful in their own ways. That's what the woman said. She's like, aren't they beautiful? I was like, no. no. <laughs> Objectively. They're terrifying. Objectively, it is interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. I can see them right now. The third one was the most, I mean, it was Stranger Things <laughs> monster yeah. from the first season. Like, Did you want to consciously uncouple from that I, narrative? I want to erase it from my third eye. So then the last one was about um, intuitives and yeah. clairvoyance and blah, blah, blah. So once again, Goop staffers, majority white, everyone's skinny. At several, like three people of color, they like peppered in. They didn't um, have like a node to the chub club in the back? There's no one in the chub club that works at Goop, from what I saw. There will <laughs> be no chub That was a chub withering rub. stare. I mean... It's a real battle, right? Yeah. Like I'm a heal I'm a healer. I'm a seeker. I'm a person who wants to be healed. I want all these great things. I want to look at Gwyneth and be like, "Oh my gosh, she's got it all. Isn't this great?" I guess any skinny white billionaire can have all these wonderful things, right? So, it's just like a battle. Anyway, so the last one was about clairvoyance and this woman who is a clairvoyant or an intuit and she talks about the different clairvoyances of hearing, seeing, feeling, whatever. And that everybody has these powers. And so they do some exercises. And there's one woman who's like super skeptical. And she'd been in this one about breathing earlier. And so you're like starting to hate her. You're like, why'd you volunteer for this if you just hate it? Yeah. So they all get in a circle. And they all like, she's like, just put your hands in. Like, even if we just do it right now, everybody just put your hands in, Emma and Nick. Right? You can like feel energy. There's a, We're at least people who put off heat. Right? And she's like, eh, it doesn't feel anything. You know? That's what I heard. We're really hot people. Yes. Nick is hot and Emma's hot. Frank's hot. Well, I am like profusely sweating because I'm super hungover right now. <laughs> so that's part of it. Back to the healing circle. So she's like, I just don't feel anything. I'm just, I'm not, I don't feel anything. So you're fine. So everyone else goes and they're like, I actually felt you supporting me. And they're like, I felt like we were holding you up. She's like, oh, I felt the same thing. Blah, blah, blah. So you're like, oh, this is cool, except for that one chick who needs to just fuck off. So then they go, and they do some experiments. And there's a covered painting, and they say, she said, just whatever comes to mind, just paint it. Doesn't matter what it is, don't think about it. And more than half the people intuit something that is in this pyramid thing. So the last thing is object clairvoyance. So I'm going to hand you an object. We work together, but we don't really know each other. And then you can just write down whatever you intuit. So... These girls do it, and she's like, I don't work with these people. I don't know this girl, whatever. And she basically knows it all, that it was a gift from her dead brother, that it was all this stuff. It's really actually kind of moving, and you're, like, way into it. So at the end, they're like, bring out skeptical whatever her name was, because the clairvoyant is going <laughs> to read this her bitch. left and right. And you've seen this woman read other people, and you're like, shit, she might be good, because they said it's not that she knows anyone's name or anything, it's the inside jokes and, like, things that no one else could really know. No. Gwyneth has said she's been to many people, and this woman's amazing. That would be, so, like, a lovely cross-section, though, to have someone read your energies while also reading you in the typical gay sense. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, girl, your aura is shit. Yes, it'd be detoxing and dirty. Listen. <laughs> yes. So she comes out, and she's asking her these questions, like, did you have a aunt on your mother's side, like a green aunt who died? She's like, no. She's like, did you have this, that, and the other? And she's like, no, none of that sounds familiar. And you're like, you're lying. Like, I'm sitting there going, you are lying. Who doesn't have an aunt? Just fucking, yes, you have a great aunt that said, she's like, my grandmother didn't have any aunts. She's like, I'm getting a twin energy. She's like, no. And so you're just Because she ate the twin in the womb because (laughs) she's a fucking carnivorous shark. And B2. So 
you're like, crap, this lady is crap and this woman sucks, whatever. And then they're like, excuse me, I think you might be reading for Lindsay. So there's a camera. <laughs> she's just sobbing. Hysterically, <laughs> she's like, my grandmother was a twin and your sister died. And everything. Like oh, every yeah. single thing that the woman had said was true for Lindsay. <laughs> and so the girl on the couch is like, I told you I wasn't about me. And she's looking good for you for not like feeling any pressure at all to like soften this blow for me and just be like, nope, not true. So you get to like leave thinking the clairvoyant woman is clairvoyant and that the other woman is, is a bitch. bitch. <laughs> right, Frank? Yeah, it is. So Frank's glamorous approval. I mean, I would honestly just like want Gwyneth to do like alliterative reappropriations and her pretentious speak of literally everything. She like, does. conscious uncoupling. Yes. Or, like, therapy could be cerebral chiropractic. It is. That's exactly what they're doing. And she's like, when did the trajectory of um, medicinal psychedelics become on the healing spectrum? You're like, what? But they, all her staff needle her, and they're like, sorry, princess, you know, we can't do that for you today. Yeah. So they, like, humanize her. She seems nice. Her daughter in is the edit, one of the videos. They make me seem human in the edit, and by well, they, I mean Emma. So they, they're going to go on these three diets, vegan, pescatarian, mostly vegan, and then this fast. Yeah. And they're like... And she's like, why couldn't I have gotten vegan? She's like, everyone thinks I'm a vegan. I've never been a vegan. She's like, I'm still not a vegan. I thought she was a vegan. Her struggle. Yeah, everyone thinks I'm a vegan. <laughs> Here's my story. <laughs> True life. I'm not a vegan. <laughs> but I am a billionaire. And I have a husband, but we don't have to live together because it'd be complicated for the kids. Sure. A little Apple. Anyway, That's her biggest trouble. <laughs> I, Apple took a video of her. She seems super friendly and fun. I ended up really liking Gwyneth. You got pro goop. You got um, gooped. I didn't get gooped because I still understand that it's inherently just targeted towards affluent sure, sure, sure. white women who have nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, before we shift on to that, have you ever done psychedelics? Uh, no. Not on purpose. One time I smoked pot. <laughs> One time I smoked pot that had been laced with PCP. With Not PC on purpose. Well, sure. You don't strike me as PCP type or a PCP pipe. Am I right? <laughs> You're right. Oh, terrible. What again? No, I would not take psychedelics. Like I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread. Period. I'm yeah. not going to push that envelope. Have you? Psychedelics? No, I'm terrified of what would happen to me. Exactly. The same um, ex-girlfriend that I had in college. She called me once when she was on shrooms, and it was not a great experience for her. But also, I'm going to view it through the lens of me, <laughs> where I was just like terrified on her behalf. And we were talking for literally 45 seconds, and she was like. Oh my God, I'm so sorry to have kept you. We've been talking for hours. And I was like, take a clonopin immediately and just shut your brain down because none of this is going to go on a good trajectory. Um, no, I couldn't. I mean, no. My brain is just like a dark and scary place and being trapped inside of it without any ability to escape. And with all those things amplified, just does not feel like a good experience. Like even weed for me turns into a psychedelic experience because I freak the fuck out. And that's why I can no longer smoke weed. Because the ambulance visits were getting a little too expensive. This is number two. Fine, I'm maxed out. Then I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna milk it for all it's worth. When I first started smoking weed in college, I would call Emma constantly. And she would be working the midnight oil at the B. And uh, it's also when I had all my epiphanies about how proud I was of her. Uh, but that was my that was my high thing. I was just like, I really want to call Emma right now. So I would leave a party or wherever I was, and I was like, Emma. <laughs> and then there'd be a moment of like, I'm freaking out. Okay, no, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But now it's just all freak out. Same. Is that no, what happens you. with you on weed? Yes. But I yeah. mean, it has been since like the 90s since I smoked pot. I was yeah. like, am I still breathing? Can you, can you hear my heart beating? Is there something under the floor? What if yeah. this doesn't end? What if I, I'm like this forever? 
That, Who's calling Little Caesars Pizza Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> the town I went to college in only had a Little Caesars. So it was like, as soon as I was really high, I would just be like, can someone immediately call and make sure there's also breadsticks? Because if there aren't, isn't two pizzas and two orders of breadsticks, I don't think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> One of the last times I smoked pot, my mom called me and said, I, I'm, I'm going to leave your dad. I was like, that's amazing. She's like, yeah, so I'm going to move out and break up our family. And I was like, so I'm really high right now. <laughs> and I really can't deal with this. I'm like, also, that money Grandpa gave me, I stole and I, I stole and bought pot with it. And instead of selling it and putting the money back, I smoked it all. So we'll talk about all this. <laughs> it's like, I'm really glad we had this opportunity to share all these things that are on my mind. Good luck with the divorce. I'll Pretty see much. you when I sober up. Yeah, I got to go. I can't. I yeah. just can't. Like my grandfather giving me a thousand dollars, and then if you put it in the, a bank as a thousand dollars cushion, you wouldn't have to pay for any fees or whatever. But sure. we were smoking like a lot of pot in my dorm, and I was like, we should buy some and sell it, and then we would just, you know, we would just smoked it all. <laughs> so that thousand dollars was gonzo. Yeah, so, you spent it on a good cause, and uh, yeah, except I was like paranoid the whole time with Little Caesars next to me shaking. Like, <laughs> it's like your rosebud, her citizen game. It's just pizza, pizza. And pizza, my roommate pizza. only listened to Jimi Hendrix, and that's all we were allowed to listen to. Yeah, it's better than one of the times I got high. I was with this dude who thought it'd be like super, like subversive to listen to the Jonestown Massacre tapes while we were super high. So suddenly I'm like. Fearing for my life, just naturally. That's just my baseline, is fearing for my life. And then I'm listening to this guy, lay down your lives with dignity, as you hear, like, screaming of people dying in the background. And I was like, okay, well, like, I think I'm going to go and, like, not handle this. Obviously, I didn't go and we did have sex, but it was just, like, a very weird situation to be on. But the last time I ever got high, I mean, until, like, massive ways are made in the pharmacological industry and my brain heals itself, that will be the last time. I had that same thing where it's like, I'm going to be high for the rest of my life. And I just have to, this is my new normal. I will never come down from this. I am physically dying, but just like a really slow death. And I kind of just wanted it to happen. And I was just like trying to focus on other things. Like I literally just was like pacing throughout my apartment with these other people. And I was like, who like gave me peyote? Like, <laughs> but also who gave me peyote? Because... Who gave me the peyote? And then I was in the bathroom. I was like, I'm just going to take a shower. Um, and then I opened up my... I know, Frank. Um, my struggles are real. I opened up the shower curtain and I looked at myself in the mirror. Big mistake. Huge. Huge mistake. Pretty woman level mistake. I was like, oh my God. Who am I? What is happening? And then I was like, what will make me feel better? I'm going to water the bath mat. So I get my little shower, and I just start watering my bath mat. There's like a full inch of water in my bathroom when I leave it, because I call my dad, and I'm like, I'm too high, and I need you to come pick me up from my apartment. <laughs> and that was the last time I saw my friend for a year, because she was in town visiting. So it was a whole big thing where I was just like, you know what? Physically, I can't handle this anymore. I don't have the brain capacity for it. How long ago was that story? Ah, it was um, 2018. It was November of 2018. It was November 7th, 2018. So fairly recent, okay. It was fairly recent, um, but that was when I was like, no, no, we're good. We're done. It's over. We're not doing this anymore. I know, mine since the 90s, so you know, we have a little different frame of reference. But now they're saying that like medical marijuana is really, you know, can help with anxiety and things like that. I mean, I'm not willing to give it a shot. But... No, 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 no. I would have to like... What's what's a fourth of a microdose? Because that's what I'll do. Right. So what the guy said, though, was dosage, set mindset, and setting. Okay, but what if you can never get into a good mindset? Then that's why we don't take the pot. That's why we don't take the pot. <laughs>
That's why we take the Little Caesars pizza. pizza. <laughs> we still go hard on the Little Caesars. On the West the Side, it's already ready. You can just yeah. go there and get it. I mean, I haven't done it in a really long time, but... That should be a thing. Pizza, pizza? Pizza, pizza. I did eat an entire vegan pizza the other night, which I told Emma about That's during... right. Fucking hell, you're vegan. Vegan <laughs> 60 <laughs> I mean, if it fits on a dinner plate, doesn't that make it a serving size? I don't know. I think so. It was a doll wash. It's like when Stouffer's has like a family style. It's like, I'm my own family. <laughs> Ohana means family, and Ohana means I'm going to eat this entire fucking thing. Where did you learn Ohana means family? Lilo and Stitch, obviously. Oh. Duh. Sorry. As if I've, I've learned everything from cartoons and movies. I have no real life experience. Yes, what's our update on Disney Junior while you still have it? Disney Plus? Sorry. I was like, who's Disney Junior? Sorry. Um, I've used it to just watch Kim Possible. Right now I'm currently watching Kim Possible and Greek. The, uh, have you continued watching? Is it not improving? It's not. And one of my major problems with it was that I thought that the, he has a sister on the show who's on the spectrum. Do you spectrum. want to mention the show? Because I feel like not everyone caught her, like, <laughs> our clairvoyance. Everything's yeah. going to be okay on Freeform, which yeah. is the new Josh Thomas show, which I've now invested three episodes into. So I work in the disability community on a pretty regular basis, and so... One of the story arcs is that his younger half-sister, older half-sister, is on the spectrum. And I don't really like the way she's being portrayed. Um, and I felt like Hannah Gatsby did such a great job of portraying her depression. type of... Yeah, depression and mental illness. Um, so then I read about it, and the girl is on the spectrum. And is an, an actress with her own sensory sensitivities, and <laughs> I need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> So, it's good to acknowledge these right? It still didn't make the show. It's that same AJ and the Queen sort of. The poster really looks cool. The poster looks, looks cool. cool. And the, the poster, poster goes cool. cool. <laughs> um, which is all that matters. Is he like into butterflies or some shit? Is that part of it? I don't know. Or like insects? There's no. Yes, he's an entomologist. There it is. I was like, how do you not fucking know? You watched three episodes. Because they're a lot. Like, one episode he gets locked out of the house and we spend ten minutes watching him break in through a transom window and then break his finger, which they keep showing, broken, and then he tells a story about... No. Yeah, watch Please Like Me. Watch Please Like Me. Watch Please Like Me. Watch the second season of Shrill. I totally... You know, she's not perfect. It's like Britney runs a marathon. I really enjoy the human experience and she does a lot of things wrong. Her roommate does things wrong. Her boyfriend does a lot of things wrong. Well, they always do. Um, But... The guy who played her troll, do you remember him her from the troll. first episode? So she writes an article about what it's like. To oh, her, 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 and yeah. he is just like slamming her, yeah. and she goes and confronts him. That's her husband in real life. So obviously, everything you said that's come out of your mouth has been gay. But do you have any specific gay takes for this week? Um, not specific gay takes. I honestly just want to know if we should be scared about the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> how, how? Wow. Remember when we were all going to die of avian bird flu, though? Mm-hmm. Or, like, SARS gonna, and shit? Oh, yes. And MERS. <laughs> I don't remember MERS. MERS was the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. Obviously. Is that true? I feel like he's making that up. I'm a can fact check right now, but I know I'm right. You what's can tell our, because I've got really annoying. What's our fact check um, segment called, Emma? <laughs> the Truth Booth. The Truth Booth. She can be- check it out, The Truth Booth. <laughs> Um, I went over on the phone, and it took us a while to get to the truth booth, because I kept giving, like, super pretentious, like, alliterative things, much like goop. You are the Gwyneth Paltrow of this table. Thank you. And you like Gwyneth Paltrow now, so thank you. Um, I have cooked a couple things from those cookbooks of hers, and they are delicious. It introduced me to Zatar. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. as a spice sure. for carrots. Yeah. Zaytar or Zaytar, how do you say it? Truth booth. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, are you staying up at night worrying about this? Are you... No, I'm, I'm a pretty good sleeper. Um, <laughs> it's one of my major skills. I'm real good at sleeping. I'm really envious of that. So my super gay take was that RuPaul... <laughs> so we're just not going to answer whether I mean, we should be I don't scared. know if we should be worried about this flu or not. Right. What else do you want to say about it? I guess we're done. That's fair. I just... Is we're it, keeping an eye on it. We're, Emma's keeping an eye on it. Honestly, that does make me feel infinitely better that Emma's keeping an eye on it. So, like, I feel soothed. So, I, do you feel better? I feel better. Go for your gay take. No, yeah. no, we can stay no, on no, no, this no. We, coronavirus. <laughs> Let's pop over to Corona and talk about the virus. I know. I like that they said to wash your hands. Mm-hmm. That was neat. Yeah, that was brand new information. <laughs> Made me feel way better. Yeah. What's your gay take? Because mine is just steep. My gay take is just a lot of gays are scared, including me, and I'm scared about the coronavirus. I don't know that more gays are scared about the coronavirus than non-gays are scared about the coronavirus. What's your gay take? RuPaul, yeah. uh, they let them meet the queens for season 12. Yes. Did oh you my watch God. the Meet the Queens Obviously video? I did, yeah. Did you? Yes. Well, how can that not be your gay take? I don't know. Does Coronavirus look... or drag queens. When it comes to things that I love and things I'm scared about, the proportion of brain space is heavily weighted towards fear. So obviously that was knocked for me. Who's your front runner so far? I mean, I like uh, Rock'em Sakura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. Yeah. She was the most genuine, like, during the Meet the Queens, I, like, wanted to hang out with her. I don't know that she's biting off of kimchi and Trixie. Like, can only two people have that makeup? Because I don't know. It's a Trixie is a direct representation of kimchi, who she was friends with and learned makeup from. Some they banged once, right? Uh, I don't, I think kimchi's still saying she's a virgin. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> I liked her the best. Who did you like? Her. That's why I like bang the table and probably ruin the podcast tape because she's delightful. I don't know if it's because it seems like visually she's an amalgamation of Trixie and Kimchi. But, but she was just funny and like relatable and she needed to win it and like I didn't dress like this for that reason. Like, oh this jacket makes so much good noise. It was like fun and it was prepared, but it wasn't like super sticky. No. It was like nice. Or like just pandering to the TV. It just felt authentic. Or like a couple of them who are just like, I'm a um, I'm not just a looks queen. I'm also a bitch. You're like, well, I'm definitely going to vote for you. That that sounds amazing. Do you have your own little electoral college that influences the voting? Like, there's no voting. There is a vote, and you know it. Trixie may have lost the first time she was on, but she won. Katya's never won, and she's a winner, yeah. right? Sure, sure, sure. So we as people still have Kimchi the power. Kim Chi never won, and she's humongous. Jasmine Masters. Was that a dig at her weight? No. <laughs> No, but I do love when Trixie does a terribly embarrassing, lispy impression of her. Like when she was like, Kim Chi was apparently like, so there's always a fat queen on the season. Who's the fat queen? And it's like, Kim Chi, <laughs> look in the mirror. When they do the puppets on their season and Bob's like, or whoever does Kim Chi, and they're like, I came in at 259 pounds. What are you right now? I'm 257. <laughs> Kim Chi is just the sweetest. And I met her when they'd worked the world tour was here. Yeah. We went to the Meet the Queens, and I was just like, oh, I'm so happy to meet you. I'm like, I feel bad I didn't bring you anything, you know. And she's like, pe people are like, what you brought her? That's what I said. What would you want me to bring you? I'm like, I know you obviously like food. She posts about it all the time, not because of her feet. <laughs> That's you going somewhere dark. She posts about food constantly on Instagram. Yeah, sure. 
Um, I'm like, I wish I could have brought you like something amazing from Cincinnati, like Skyline or whatever. She goes, no, no need to bring anything. She's like, we're just really glad to meet everybody. She was really super, super sweet. That's lovely. Super sweet and ginormous. I mean, they are all so tall. You think like... (laughs) Your word choice is like (laughs) poor. (laughs) I am 5'10", right? Like I am a tall, buxom woman. I'm not a little person. But when you look at them all together, you just think, oh, they're all about the same height, probably like five seven, five nine. Then yeah. you meet them, and they're like six feet tall in flat shoes. So Bob the Drag Queen's like six four. You're like, oh my god, I'm a tiny little, <laughs> tiny little girl. And you're like, tiny, tiny man, I love you so much. <laughs> they were all great, except no one would sit with Violet Chachki. Everyone was paired up at a table, and Violet was all by herself. And there was a threesome. Like so, obviously, one of those people could have sat with Violet, but they didn't. Yeah. Brutal. But she was corseted for the gods. I mean, yeah. that tiny little waist was Snatched, on display. as they say. Snatched. So then Jan, Which her name's there? Jan Sport, but they made her take away her last name because it's a trademark. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with Britta Filter. Yeah. She's just Britta. So I feel bad for them that they've had to change their names. But I'm, I'm guessing once you get on the show, you're a bazillion, you know, you're going to make money. At this juncture, yeah. So you, you're like, I'll drop my name for now. Yeah. Anybody else catch your eye? Not really, honestly. There was one more, but I can't think of her name. She had red hair. She was rocking some curly red hair. She was really funny. Anyway, I'm excited now. I wasn't that excited because season 11 was tough, but I'm feeling... But then we had the nice tonic of the UK. Yes, which was a great palate cleanser. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. It was much better. <laughs> <laughs> What would you say is your most prodigious accent? Because you do a lot of great work in this episode and in the I feel like last time my Corsicana accent from Texas was really kind of where I yeah. thought wheelhouse. Yeah. But, you know, I've spent more time with those people, so I did some deep dives on YouTube. They were on Ellen. They were on Ellen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, they make Jerry Matt talk. Ellen, of course, and Ladarius is there, and um, Gabby Butler, who's way too excited. Um, and then they make them do their routine, but it's a shortened version yeah. And a lot, lot, big, much big gayer. And Ladarius and another much queen are fantastic. <laughs> Ladarius is all in his world. And then there's another guy who yeah. is not featured in the show who is also amazing. Was it Doug or whatever guy that you, uh, what was it, Larry versus Jerry? I said I was sorry. <laughs> I'm going to pay for, my sister will listen to this, but I may pay for a cameo for Jerry to talk to my sister. Do you guys know what cameo is? Only through you. Okay. So we could do Jerry. We could yeah. do any of the drag queen people. Yeah. But they're usually like less than 30 seconds. And I tried to order one for my friend Kara last year. I tried to order Sonia Morgan of Real Housewives of New York fame. Cause she's just a mess. Oh no. I'm sorry. I apologize, Sonia Morgan. It was Kim Richards of the Real Housewives of OC, who really is a mess, yeah. from um, Escape from Witch Mountain, and she was on Little House on the Prairie. And, and that cat meme. Yes! She's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's not her. Is that not her? No. She's the one who has the ponytail, and she's in that um, gif where she's waving her ponytail around, right? No. All right. Anyway, Kim Richards, on the first season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, is in a limo with her sister, Kyle Richards, who is still a star, and she says, you stole my house! And Kyle goes, you're not and we've all been paying for you and you're like this is everything I ever wanted I want her to send a a cameo like wishing her happy birthday so I pay it's like $30 which is quite low for a cameo housewife star yeah and it says it'll be sent within 24 hours fantastic yeah 48 hours later Kim was unavailable to make this cameo (laughs) we will be refunding your money so sad take me away 
So, we're going to try something new this week, and we are both going to watch something that is probably going to be terrible, but we're going to all watch it together. It's called The Circle. Julie, do you want to feel what this is about? No, but it's on Netflix, <laughs> and I've already tried to watch it. So it seems like a great way to just, like, all across America and Denmark. Hi, can, Denmark! Hi, Denmark! <laughs> we can do it collectively as a unit, and come back next week and talk about our takes, see if it was worthwhile, maybe post Julie and I's text message exchange where we're trying to figure out exactly what's happening in real time on our website, and that'll be a fun thing. Also, if you have any content that you want us to digest and you'd like for Julie and I to comment on, hit us up on the website or hit us up on Instagram. Let's get a Twitter account going. Um, so by next week, we'll watch at least three episodes of The Circle. I know I will have watched the whole thing because I am like that. Yeah, and then I'm thinking at some point, maybe we do some goop challenges that we can like, <laughs> free, right? Yeah. Like, I'm already mostly vegan, but like... We could do, I don't know, something. Let's research. We can see a psychic, yeah. We could definitely see a psychic. My mother does readings. Yeah. If there's any adventure that you want Julie and I to go upon... I mean... And experience, and then obviously comment within on... Within limits and clothes on and no more pictures of vulvas. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, your voice matters, but ultimately we will s- determine which one we actually want I to do. I definitely think you and I going on adventures together is a grand idea. Well, that would involve both of us leaving our house, <laughs> which is a challenge for us. Well, I mean, the adventure could be not to... Like, if I didn't use my phone for a day, I don't I don't really think I could do it, but... I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is not the adventure I want to go on. I was like, that's okay, self-help well, adventures. Yeah, can, so I think, I think we should go to Little somewhere. Caesars and revisit your past. Is where we should go. Okay, one of the goop episodes I didn't get to tell you about was this breathing guy, Wim Hof, which I've actually looked at before. Is that his name? Yes. Or the onomatopoeic sound he makes when he breathes? Both. And the name of his method. So I could be like, it's Julie Sunderland. So you go, Wim Hof, Wim. Anyway, he does breathing techniques so that you can do mind over matter. And so in a weekend, you learn the breathing technique and then you can jump into ice cold freezing water and not care. They ended up doing snoga, like they're in their bikinis. I'm going, whoo, ha. And they're like in a circle making like snow bunnies and they're like totally fine. I don't know. Anyway, we can do some Wim Hof breathing online. We don't have to leave the house for that. Okay, circle and Wim Hof breathing. Um, And then we can do like a self-care bit. And that can be our takeaway is like, did breathing work? It helped sustain my life, but did it make me more relaxed? Well, I will try and research. I don't know if you can do Wim Hof for free. Well, I will try and research. All right, well, that's all I got. What about you? (laughs) Truth booth. Hey there, it's Emma in the Truth Booth. So they did pretty well today. Not a lot of truths to tell you. One thing I'd like to make clear, the show they keep telling you to watch, Please Like Me, is not the show they keep talking about, which is Everything's Going to Be Okay. Just watch Please Like Me. That's the one they like. And uh, Nick is correct. MERS is the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, a cousin of SARS. Interestingly, both of which are coronavirus. This to say, coronavirus isn't entirely something new. It is a global health emergency centered in China, but not limited to it. And at this time, much more skilled operations than ours are learning about it and fighting it. And therefore, we will try to encourage Nick to leave the worrying to them. Rest up, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and... Frank! (laughs) The awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! (laughs) We love you, Frank.